three, two, one. All right, now we can get started here. Hello, everybody, and welcome today to the McAllister Hours podcast. I am your host, as always, Colin McAllister, and today I am joined by a very special guest. Um, me and this guy go back so fucking long. It's been like five years. Um, it's a pleasure to have him on. Um, please give it up for the excellent, the wonderful, the majestic Ames. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Really yeah. Cool. Um, this is like I said, I've been waiting for this for a while. Um, before I want to get into your background and anything, I've wanted to talk to you, uh, talk to you about this for a while. Um, so I recently quit smoking. Um, I I'd say three months. Technically, it's been about it'll be about a month since I've had my last cigarette. Um, oh. so I'm 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 there. I'm I'm nice, going man. for it. Yeah. And you actually have um. Me personally, I thought I found a lot of insight from what you had to say about quitting. Yeah. Um, just because you know, I know I've known a lot of people who smoke, but um, not a lot of people who have quit <laughs> successfully. And you seem to have to. What? Well, how long has it been since you've had cigarettes? Um. Wow. Uh, it's actually been uh, two years now. It's been That's over two years. Uh, two years in February. Damn. Um, yeah. I just I kind of reached a point where I decided. I can't keep spending money on this, man. Like this is this is ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that was that was a huge thing, and not only that, but I think a lot of it uh, just kind of came down to the fact that the taste, you know, everything about it was kind of shitty. So um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have any, you know, uh, any ways I quit or any special way that I did it. I just mm-hmm. I kind of decided. This isn't what I want to do anymore, and I think it's time for a change. And that's kind of how I figured it out. See, and that's to me that's like really inspiring because um, that's kind of how I felt in the way that I quit. Like it's kind of like what you described. I eventually just got sick of it. Sure, I was yeah. over it. I was like, you know, like it's it's like you said, this tastes like shit. I'm spending so much fucking money. Like yeah. I can't even go out and do anything. I can't, you know, without smoking. Exactly. Yeah. On you know, thinking back to all the times that I was drinking at the bar the amount of cigarettes i would bum out to people oh yeah oh fuck yeah it's insane like oh my god um so i worked i worked at palmer's downtown and uh uh it's on 7th street and walnut i want to say downtown okay um notorious spot not to stereotype or anything but notorious spot for a lot of uh homeless um so the whole thing i had a friend that worked there and he was like don't give your cigarettes to anyone out here (laughs) (laughs) or you're gonna be giving a whole fucking pack away like every day you know (laughs) yeah he always told everybody this is my last cigarette (laughs) sure sure i mean there's plenty of people that i know that you know i'd even be down to my last cig and they'd still expect me to give it up. Ah, and, fuck you. you know, like, it's like, <laughs> that's my last one, man. Like, We're in the same struggle. Don't you get it? I know. Yeah. I know. Exactly. <laughs> so then, you know, you just end up sharing it with them or some dumbass. Oh, right. Know, something stupid like that. But Well, fuck you. I don't want to be sharing cigarettes right now. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, honestly, those things are so damn expensive. You shouldn't share them at all. But Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, I think... It, I think I've heard studies that can add up to like you know if you I think it's if you smoke uh if you smoke a pack a day every day it's like twenty thousand dollars a year or, or something maybe I'm probably over exaggerating but it's like or you I know mean, 
some I, ridiculous amount. Yeah, I mean, I I can see that honestly. I uh, and that's not quite. It wasn't always that like the average was mm-hmm. like a pack for me, but pretty close, you know. And and if I was drinking, then yeah, it's definitely gonna be like a pack a day, you know. But that's the thing when you're going to the gas station, and not only are you getting cigarettes and you're getting booze, now. Like, it's adding up yep. even more and even more. So, yeah, I remember it being a regular basis to just drop $20, $30 every time I went to the gas station easily. Just yeah. like, all right, I'm here to get gas. I'm here to get beer. I'm here to get cigarettes. And right. Like, oh, that's like, what? However much my paycheck? Just. Exactly. Gone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're going, like I was, like, you reach a point where you're going every single day to the gas station just for booze. And then you're like, well, might as well get cigarettes while I'm here. That's yeah. You know, you get stuck in that that um, you know cycle, that loop. It's really easy to get stuck in the loop. Yeah. Um, you know, working. You know, I want to kind of talk about this with you later too, because we kind of both have worked in food service. But um, I don't know about for you, but like for me, like that, it becomes a daily habit with the cigarettes. It becomes like your only relief. It feels like sure, like your only way to like get out of the fucking store. Yeah. You know, you have that like advantage over people who don't smoke. You're like, can I go out and cigarette? Yeah, like, that's you, true are you able to you know put a fence around yourself for a short amount of time yeah i know uh that's interesting because um you know you when you get into it that's not that's not how you think about it at first um but then the more you smoke the more you realize it is that crutch and uh you know it is weird that in a way because of this shitty habit of yours you kind of have a little bit of an advantage you know a little bit of an yeah. upper hand so it, it really is true. I, I remember so many people being pissed, um, managers, other workers being like, you know, like we get, you know, assuming we got paid the same means, you know, like, why does he get this, uh, um, this amount of time where, but, you know, I always also justify it as, you know, when I'm not smoking a cigarette, I was also busting my ass and sure. like, going the whole fucking time because yeah. I had that nicotine coursing through my fucking <laughs> blood the whole goddamn time. <laughs> yeah. That, it's, yeah, it's the, it's the, it's like you're talking about, it's the trap. Sure. Well, and I guess I kind of got lucky because um, really probably about 90% of the people that I worked with smoked cigarettes. So that was that that was a problem because we all bonded over a shitty habit. Then Exactly. Um, Austin Blythe, we had him on the podcast a couple days ago. We were talking about this, too, how like you almost have like a step up in like networking in the like in the music scene everything like because so many people smoke you almost have that extra step up if you smoke yeah you're in that social circle you have that you know in a sense professional business advantage over someone maybe potentially be from smoking versus not smoking sure i mean it's interesting that something like that can uh you know kind of open a doorway yeah something that's like so fucking bad i know know. (laughs) so accepted you know yep like that's you know and that's kind of the weird i think it's like that's like a quality of the midwest because you see like in you know west coast uh when they sell cigarettes they actually have like uh pictures of diseases on the packs of cigarettes to sure. like deter people from sure. smoking but you don't see that here ever um in south dakota when i live in south dakota cigarettes are way cheaper everybody smokes cigarettes like every single motherfucker you know it's just commonplace yeah it's all there is to do just drink and smoke cigarettes and i mean yeah if, uh... <laughs> I 
didn't feel the need to get out of bed every day and complete goals, then sure, I find myself slipping back into like smoking cigarettes and yeah. back into those habits. But, you know, I reached that point where kind of can't do that shit anymore, man. You know, can't, can't yeah, exactly. Well, it's really unhealthy, like rely on that, like to rely on a cigarette to get out of bed. Yeah. Like, like the only way you're going to be able to like get about your day and go, you know, get out of bed is like you start with a cigarette. Sure. Piss, put a cigarette in your mouth and light it up. Well, <laughs> and know? that's the thing. Like, I think, uh, I just anytime I was in my car, it was like just yeah, the, the car for a cigarette. That's where it's automatic. You know, like yeah, that as soon as my ass hit the seat, I mean that shit was lit in my mouth. You know what I mean? So that's the other thing is you know having the windows down, the wind in my hair. I got a nice cig. You know, I'm just kind of cruising. I'm listening to some good tunes like that. That even thinking back to memories like that, I hate cigarettes now. I don't c- smoke cigarettes now, but I think fondly of those memories exactly. for some reason. You know, that's I don't know. the hard part. You like, you almost you want to go back to that. Be like, yeah, driving on the road, exactly. listening right, to music. Right. It's good shit. Um, so I want to ask you this: like, at what point? You said it was like a ridiculous amount of time, like six months or something. Like, at what point did it finally like get out of your system after quitting, where you were like not thinking about smoking on a regular basis? Um. Well, I mean, everyone, I think everyone usually says like the first two weeks or something are like the hardest. That's bullshit. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, I would have to say, like, it it was months and months before I could officially wake up and be like, I can live with this. Like, this is a decision that I've made, and I'm going to stick to it, and I'm not going to turn back. And, I mean, shit, you know, like, even getting into, like, my first year of not smoking, even I had a couple thoughts, like, you know, yeah, who knows, I could smoke a cigarette anytime I want now you know I've accomplished a goal it's true and that's how I think sometimes people slip back into those habits is they see think, and that's you know, how I slipped back too for a little bit because I was like I quit for so long and I was like with a friend who smoked and we were drinking yeah I can I just one. one and then you know a week and a half later I'm buying the, I'm, like, like, I'm buying like the third pack that week and like Jesus Christ I, I need I need to stop like yeah for real. <laughs> <I'm> well <done. laughs> And it's interesting because I think, I don't want to say it helped, but, um, and I think, I believe I still do. I've got like a half to a three quarters pack in my car right now. Mm. Um, Really? It was actually the last pack of cigarettes I bought. And you Um, still have it? You didn't toss it? I still have it. I didn't toss it. Damn. And I know I'm sure they're probably shitty and stale now, but... (laughs) um, Even having that in my car and knowing, I think, for like... That time when I got that last pack and quitting, um, I kind of think like my will is kind of what I had to to follow in order to not smoke because, I mean, it was literally right here, you know, in my console. So that took a lot of, um, you know, a lot of will, a lot of strength mentally to not pick it back up and just start again, you know. So I kind of feel like I kind of kept it as a reminder to not go back down that road and to tell myself that I'm strong enough not to stick my hand in the console and grab the pack. I don't know. 
Wow, that's really insightful, man. Uh, fuck, I could not do that. <laughs> At all. I had to, like, every time I quit, I had this dramatic thing where I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter if I waste my money and rip this entire pack in half because I'm wasting my money either way. So right, I might as well right. fucking, you know. <laughs> but then I ended up, like, I ripped four packs in half. And so I spent, like, 20, like, literally through $28, like, down the toilet. I'm like, okay. I, like, <laughs> I mean, hey. <laughs> But I'm yeah, here. I'm it, here. There, is, there you go. That's, you know, um, that's the cool part, you know, is even if you had to waste a little bit of money to make it happen, you know, you're going to come out ahead in the long run because now you're exactly. not spending money on cigarettes. So, I don't know. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's a tough thing, man. Um, for anybody who does want to quit, it's not easy, but, you know, we're not the only ones trying to do it. Exactly. There's like a whole nation. Um, the thing... I'm not, I'm not a doctor or anything, but the thing I will say is if you don't have the mental willpower to quit, you're not going to be able to. Yeah. If you want to quit just sure. because somebody else wants to or um, you're just not motivated and you try I mean, I don't know about for you, but personally, I went down the road Chantex. I tried the patch. I tried the gum. None of it worked. It honestly all made it worse. It just made me want a cigarette more because taking that made me more like just probably more uncomfortable than it would have been if i just wasn't quitting anyway sure i got a rash from the patch the chantex made me super moody and depressed i started snapping at people which like i never really fucking do yeah (laughs) (laughs) um it was nuts yeah i don't know um i guess i never gave that time um i guess like i never thought about trying those alternatives Mm -hmm. um i know like other people who tried them and uh, I don't know. I guess I was uh, I was determined to uh, find a way on my own. You know, it's cool that they have these alternatives, but from you know, obviously from your experience, they didn't make the situation any no. easier for you. So I really, yeah, I really think it's all mental. Yeah, truly. I mean, obviously, um, like the worst thing for me physically, personally, was because uh, when when you quit smoking that first week, you're celiac in your lungs just like spring alive sure so you cough like you're coughing up like miserably for the first week and a half yeah it's yeah horrible. definitely yeah um and that's the thing too is you don't think it's gonna make that much of a difference in your lungs and your chest and your breathing mm-hmm. but really i mean even after those first few months <clears throat> i was able to tell a difference dramatically of my breathing and everything else you know what i mean yeah, like, even with my rapping. Um, not like I do a ton of it anymore, but, like, I did really, even the little bit I've done, like, I really have noticed a difference. Um, yeah. Just listening, you know, being able to do things for longer and, uh, you know, go for longer. Yeah. It really that, improves it. That's that's uh, very true. I, uh, I definitely found that to be a pretty big issue, you know, when I'm trying to uh, take on this really long verse or, you know, I'm trying to hit certain breathing points throughout a verse. And yeah. When you can't, it's very, uh, very tough on you. You know, especially if like, for me, that's my hobby, and I can't perform my best because of this one shitty habit. Yeah. Exactly. It sucks. Um, well, that that was great. I do wanna, um, I do wanna. So we're gonna play some of your music here. Um, this man, he has some great shit. Um, I'm so glad that like. We just happen to know each other personally and that we've both like developed as you know individuals and that we're still here it's fucking great man um but i do want to like get into your background 
Um, like, so I know you lived in Waukee for a long time. Is that where you grew up? Uh, no, actually, uh, originally I'm from uh, Dallas, Dallas, Texas. Oh shit! So I didn't even realize um, that. I moved here um, in 2007 okay. to Waukee. Uh, my mom wanted to be closer to her family, so uh, she ended up uh, bringing us all out here. Um, and I don't know. My sister has had it a little rough. Um, she still misses Texas and everything. Yeah, but I can understand that. I mean, I don't know, man. I is she yeah. the older? Sorry, is she yeah. the older sister? Yeah, yeah, she's okay. older, uh, only by like a couple years. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, at first when I got here, I wasn't sure about the whole thing. But you know, what is what is you know crying and bitching about it gonna do? <laughs> exactly. I'm not, I'm not going back. <laughs> so you know, yeah. I, I kind of just. You know, you roll with the punches, man. That's definitely a valuable life lesson to learn to roll with the punches. Um, how would you? I mean, obviously the different there are differences, but in your own own words, how would you compare the two uh, here versus Texas, from what you remember? Um, uh, I'd say I loved Texas for uh, the ability to swim basically twenty four seven. To what? Twenty four seven? Sorry. Uh, to swim. Twenty four seven. Swim? Yeah, like you know, like. Like actual like swimming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had well, you so you had like a pool or Yeah, so like uh actually a lot of people had pools in their backyards. Oh, I um, see what you're okay. You know what I mean? I do know what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so just like you know, with here you can't really you know, there's only like specific seasons you can do it. Whereas like in Texas, you can almost swim pretty much like all year round. And um there were some really cool uh like water parks and shit that you could go to that I remember mm-hmm. very fondly. So I'd say like uh, I loved Texas for the fact that you could literally be outside almost always. That was my favorite thing. Whereas, like, with Iowa, for me personally, it's different. Yeah, uh, there's a time you have to check out. Right. And, I mean, when it comes to winter, I'm a total bitch. That's just the <laughs> truth. Uh, and, you know, I'm not going to, like, argue it. Like, I hate the cold. I always hated the cold. That's yeah. just how I am. You know what I mean? I actually lived in Dallas for uh, oh no shit two three years yeah uh, when I was fuck I think it would have been <clears throat> I'm probably wrong in this but if I want to guesstimate I would say I would say it was probably from around ninety eight to two thousand one oh okay about uh, in two thousand one I moved um, to Orange City Iowa Northwest Iowa um, but yeah I have uh, my dad's family family lives down there so I, i'm familiar with dallas uh mckinney specifically that was oh, okay. the gotcha. that was the suburb they live all are from sure. so yeah i totally know what you're talking about like being able to be outside all the time like i definitely remember like walking out late i mean for us kids being late you know yeah walking out and it just being totally normal and like you right know, you don't get this in iowa at all well and uh i guess um i didn't really experience you know i got to see like and i mean dallas pretty big city but um, and I got to got to you know drive through it quite a bit, and it was really cool seeing buildings. And Driving shit. in Dallas is a bitch. Just it, saying, yeah, especially <laughs> now. Like, like <laughs> all, the more people that are out there, the roads like oh, intertwining and yeah. shit now. Like I've I've been out there. I think I was out there like shit. It's been a while. I drove out there in 2014. That was hell. That was like uh, my grandma died, uh, so we were all out. Oh there. my like, god! Yeah. Oh, that was hell. <laughs> Yeah, the last time I was there was uh, for a family reunion. Um, my dad and I went to, and I can't remember. Feels like three or four years ago, but it was definitely a bitch. We got there was a couple times like on the interstate where like 
we just totally got like lost mm-hmm. just because like you know the roads are so fucking wide out there and everything there's so many lanes there's so many cars so many people so much going on i like iowa for the fact that there are parts of it that i can drive through and not see a fucking building for miles like that, yeah. that's nice to me i, I can enjoy i it. i really appreciate that too um yeah there's um i you know i have this pulled up we were talking about this earlier um i went here last night um it's called high trestle trail bridge um it does not look as pretty as it is right now because they have not been keeping up on the uh, activity but is this bridge it's like i swear to god it's like 200 feet up and we went there at night and it was pitch black this was all you know it's like in the picture here it's all lit up um but yeah cool shit but what I'm, i guess what i'm saying is like you know iowa has like a lot of really cool shit and obviously dallas does too but it's not as like public knowledge as you know you have to like really live here like you know even having lived in northwest iowa i had to like live here for a hot minute to like sure. figure out like all these really cool spots in iowa yeah um me and my friend that um we've been talking about you know going over and camping she just shows me all this shit like all these like neat caves and like these crazy just little neat nature spots in iowa yeah and it's like you know it's fucking nuts yeah that is really cool um yeah i have yet to get out there and do some camping and stuff my roommate and i really want to do that but uh um we really want to do some fishing and shit hell yeah yeah, just timing hasn't been right. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, especially now. I mean, fuck uh, that, and that's the thing that really worries me. Like, uh, I would hope that the parks would be like the first place that they would open because you think that would be like the place where people would be able to socially distance the most. And right. I mean, sure, I guess like two people could touch a tree and maybe pass Corona that way. But I mean, give me a fucking break, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. can you just at least like open up the parks? That would be right. my hope. Right. Sure. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. So, like, what school did you go to when you lived here in Des Moines? Um, oh, uh, I went to Waukee High School. Oh, obviously, yeah. Okay. I, what, what was, how'd you like it? Um, I liked it in terms of, uh, I guess, like, location. It was mm-hmm. really nice. Um, and I did meet a lot of cool people. Uh, but not really a big fan of... Uh, kind of the esteem that that community sometimes holds themselves to. Um, I think it's kind of uh, kind of bullshit sometimes, yeah, you know, I, especially when you're walking through the parking lot and, you know, you just came from your house, your hand-me-down car, and some kid in your grade has, like, uh, you know, 20, a brand new, like, 2020, you know, fucking charger or something. Yeah. Like, that's... Class issues. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's. Yeah, that's that's the big issue with like that that west side of town. You know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I mean, shit. Sorry, sorry that uh, that you experienced that. Uh, well, I mean, you know, and I guess it was interesting going there when I did because at the time there was only you know a handful of, uh, I mean, other black people. Yeah. You know, I mean, when I was there, when I first started there, there I could probably count them maybe on like one or two hands and it's cool that you know you know it's become a little bit more um diverse yeah uh i I would say des moines has um there's been you know there's not to stereotype again but like there has been an influx of people coming in from chicago and that has you know um helped 
populate that diversity aspect of Des Moines. Sure. So sure. it's been it's been nice. Um, I did want you know on that same track though, like how how is uh how would you say Iowa compares to Dallas in terms or Des Moines compares to Dallas in terms of diversity? I mean, I I guess you were kind of young, but like, what do you think? I mean, hell, uh, Dallas was definitely a lot more diverse. Yeah, you know, can imagine. a lot more just of everybody. Um, and it was really cool. You know, I'm, I mean, a lot of my friends, um, I mean, I had a, actually, I mean, especially being, I feel like, like closer to even just like, I don't know, you know, El Paso, Mexico. Oh like, yeah. You know, yeah. you get a lot more, you know, Latino people. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had like a lot more Latino friends and yeah, it was just kind of like a mix of you know everybody um and yeah not to you know stereotype or you know i guess name races but yeah it was just kind of cool you know it was more of a, a melting pot of everybody yeah whereas you know i got here and you know we're here and there but yeah. you know but that was that was when i came here you know i feel like it's definitely grown and it's a lot different now than it was back in 2007 yeah i'm sure um yeah because i've only lived here for about you know five years and i think even in that time i've like noticed a lot a lot of change you just meet a lot of different kind of people um you know like like i said with chicago there's also been i feel like there's an influx of like colorado there's always the thing that like people from colorado flip-flop and i don't know yeah yeah definitely definitely um so there's a lot of that um, yeah, just so, you know, you, you know, you even meet like British people here, which like, you know, growing up in small town Iowa, you know, you never think you'd like talk to a British person. Then right. you're like working in a restaurant here in Des Moines and like, oh, Scotty, I'll get the, I'll get the <laughs> foot long. Um, but yeah, here, let's uh, let's listen to some of Ames's music. Um, stop being around the bush here and get right into it. Um, I don't know what. So this is probably my personal favorite, honestly. You need anything? Nah, no, I'm good. Professor of this vessel, wrestle devils to this level. Pencil pushing rebel, rapping is my special, my go to backup plan. Get me out of peril, care for the who I herald. They catch me in packs looking for a hero. Who me? Like, nah, I drink like Jack Sparrow. Flow leaves your froze, absolute zero. J Rass and Ames, that's a dynamic duo. Down. Bruce Lee style, is- yeah. Oh, like to sing. Yeah, okay. yeah, how do you do it? I was curious. Oh, I just like I just can't listen to your shit. These are kind of just the two I like, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I, but yeah, good shit. Um, but yeah, like, I guess like, I'm just, I've been really into, I have like a playlist of all the Des Moines locals and I just like, I really like listen through that. Like, I'm really been kind of getting into like trying to, that's like the whole thing with this podcast. I've been trying to like, have a spotlight for the talent here and sure. like you know even something as small as like a playlist or like podcast i think like that's a way to do it so that's yeah. kind of my whole thing so i'm always like i'm always like looking for material to kind of add to that finding all these new rappers adding their shit to that sure and kind of just like embracing everything that's kind of how i, I that's just kind of how i go through it i guess i don't really like 
analyze it or like sure. you know, i know i was just it. curious yeah yeah no no that's cool though i mean uh i definitely feel like um creating that playlist and kind of adding in all these different uh artists these different flavors ideas um is like a really interesting way to kind of get a um a grasp of um everyone's perspective and ideas. exactly it's that like uh you know people talk a lot about like that conscious uh conscious hip-hop movement that's kind of coming here i feel i've heard that word a lot talking to people that are in the music scene around here about hip-hop specifically it's like consciousness like knowing where you are understanding everything um you know we had an interesting conversation with lolo talking about you know how you know a lot of times conscious rappers will focus on the positive aspect but you have to have that positive and negative it's like the yin yang sure give you know and take, yeah. yeah even give and take yeah i think you're like you're really good at that like you have like a bounce on that in your music like you're not like it's not like negative it's like positive i think for the most part it's very positive music but it doesn't like reach that level where it's like almost annoying or like sure. too much you're still able to like talk about some shit there's still some times where you're like able to like you know get into it and like analyze some things that are maybe a little like you know not dark but maybe just a little darker for your persona i think it's sure. really interesting well and it's i mean it's interesting that you say that um i guess uh you know i kind of feel like if you're uh you know you're kind of hitting that level of like you know too much positive energy or or you know way over the top you know, it can kind of come off as uh, fake. Exactly. You know, fake. Um, you know, it's like, you know, it's like that conversation we had. Like, you, things are going to bring you down. That's right. just life. You, you can't like, you can't fake your way to like think that that's not going to happen. No, no, not at all. <clears throat> and I mean, um, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's it's important. You've got to, you've got to have positive shit to talk about. And sometimes you have to talk about negative shit too, even if people don't want to talk about it. You know, exactly. something's got to be said to that. Yeah, you, you got to get the whole spectrum, you know. Um, yeah, but that was Graffiti. I thought that track was really cool. Um, I really liked how you guys, um, you, you tell me how you used the spray cans and you did the sound effect of that in your studio. Yeah, yeah that um, was actually a lot of fun. Um, yeah, we were kind of just hanging out in the studio and uh, uh, my producer um, kind of just had this idea and was like, hey, man, we should we should create our own samples. We should create some samples, just kind of mess around. And I was like all right man you know if you got ideas what you got so um you know we kind of just started messing around uh with just different samples um and yeah i guess out of nowhere i think it was kind of his idea he was like hey man we should uh we should go get some spray cans um i've got some sheetrock in my basement and we can kind of rig a little audio setup and so yeah we just you know, he kind of rigged it all up for us, and we just each took turns kind of shaking the can, spraying and stuff, <laughs> get as awesome. many sounds as possible. And it was cool, man. It was really fun. Um, and then, yeah, we kind of, he took all those pieces and, you know, just kind of um, picked the ones that sound the coolest and altered those and mm-hmm. kind of came together really cool. So, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh I would like to do something like that again. That was, was really cool. That well, and you know, that's so awesome that like, um, you know, you don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't really think you really hear like artists really uh, like making their own samples like that, like creating sure. their own samples. I think that's sure. really neat. Um, so did like making that sample inspire the song, or was the song already in place? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, I think the idea of the song was already in place okay but it was solidified 
when we decided to go with the spray can idea. I see what you're saying. So we kind of had an outline of what we wanted to do, but then um, the idea of the graffiti itself wasn't there until we decided to do the sample. Um, I see. So then when we did the sample, that's when it all kind of came together. And, uh, you know, from there, we just kind of molded it. So it was, it was really fun. That's awesome, man. Um, so, yeah, that was graffiti. Let's play this next one here. Uh, this is my other favorite. Be right back. Kind of be, be unnoticed right back. Uh, be right back. <laughs> great track man um so bear with me i kind of want to put you on the spot here a little bit sure um so this is like a, i think you are like a prime example of like what i've been talking about for the last like couple episodes talking about like how the des moines scene is uh doesn't have that spotlight there are individuals like yourself because you're 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 so prolific and like you're flow is so fucking on point you just go 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 and it doesn't fucking stop and it fucking flows the whole time like, there's so many like people i know personally people that are in the game who like i love them to death but they can't do that man like you are so fucking talented and like i i like i tell people about you and like nobody knows who the fuck you are <laughs> Oh, it's so I, uh, infuriating <laughs> i really uh i really appreciate that um that really does mean a lot to me man um yeah that's interesting um i do think about that sometimes um just with the whole flow thing yeah um it took it took a long time to really find my voice <clears throat> you know and to find that flow and that rhythm um and very early on i definitely did not have that um and you know i've even i even think back to the stuff that i put out on soundcloud my early stuff shit seeing that but that, like even that was pretty good i remember when you dropped that like i was honestly bumping that like i was like you know and listening back it's sure. not perfect sure i thought it was pretty fucking good for a first what first mixtape or, well i don't know if that was your yeah first, yeah but, it was my first mixtape i mean yeah. that's that was pretty fucking good for a first mixtape man my it was, first mixtape was garbage <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking horrible. Well, it's just, I mean, you know, I, I got to give a lot of credit to uh, to my producer. Um, you know, he's really uh, done a good job to, uh, you know, kind of put me on and kind of showcase my vocals at their best. Um, 
<clears throat> and um you know I feel like um shit I just lost my train of thought well that <laughs> I hope I don't uh, scatter but that actually is a perfect segue into what i wanted to talk to you about next uh your relationship with jraz because you guys have worked together for as long as i've known you i think yeah. you guys have worked together what's how do you guys know each other what's your relationship um get into all that sure um and actually that does not scatter me i think that was kind of <laughs> that's, that's kind of what i was working myself to so you perfect back we're, on uh, track, so we're i appreciate uh, that um <laughs> <laughs> no um, all right it's interesting uh so basically um <clears throat> i've known him probably since uh, i want to say 2013. wow uh so um i had a di- another buddy in high school um and he went by uh kk and uh his rapper name was Yacint, and he was actually pretty good but he doesn't do any rap or anything like Damn. that now um but he was kind of a little bit of uh you know inspiration for me to like kind of like consider getting into it um because he was like the first kind of like local guy yeah that i like saw that i was like huh like that's kind of cool you know he's kind of got something set up so basically um he hit me up one day and was like hey man um i'm gonna go to the studio and i was wondering if you kind of want to just uh you know come watch it you know come check it out see what it's like yeah and yeah i was like oh this sounds fucking cool man yeah like hell yeah i've never been to a studio i've never seen someone make music so i'm very very interested in this so uh yeah you know um rode over there with him and yeah it was kind of surreal uh you know kind of going down to the basement and it's cool because uh jras actually um built his studio himself oh Um, okay so you know it's you know a big sliding door to go in and uh you know he's got his whole setup to the left and then um you know just a lot of space um so it's a whole separate deal it's professionally done and all that or i mean like it's like i mean yeah my thought that was my first thought was like this is like pretty professional he doesn't think so but i think it's pretty cool and um it's it's even cooler because you know he's got a booth too Mm. you know so i mean yeah i guess that's why i meant like i mean fuck i don't even do that sure um, sure so yeah i mean I think it's it's pretty professional like as far as I'd say studios go for someone who just put it together themselves like it's impressive you know like I uh like I said you know he doesn't necessarily think that but I've always given him credit I mean like hey man this is really fucking this is a cool setup and I really like this but um yeah um so yeah you know I went down there and uh it was just really cool uh you just clicked essentially yeah man like seeing kk in the booth you know and hearing him like spitting was like so cool and uh you know seeing his chemistry with jras was like so cool yeah that's a rarity yeah you know what i mean and so uh it definitely piqued my interest in that instant that i was kind of like damn this this is something i would consider doing myself like i would like i think i'd like mentally reached a point where i was like i would pay to do this shit damn you know to come here and you know even if i'm not even making music like it just become or just be fun to come here and even just fuck around exactly that that, that's the kind of relationship you need yeah between two artists you need to have that comfortability i feel like definitely Um, and yeah i mean that's um 
that's pretty much how it was. You know, I, you know, went there and I almost felt like immediately comfortable. Like I could just be myself there. So that's fucking awesome. Really cool. Um, what, what was he, I know you got, I don't know if you're working, but like, what has he been up to besides what, uh, what you guys have been doing? Do you, do you care to share? (laughs) Does he have any other projects you're working on? Well, so, um, yeah, uh, at the moment we haven't really been working on too much stuff. Uh, he's been really busy lately. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of, I think you mentioned that. Yeah. But, um, there's a couple things we're kind of working on at the moment. Um, not a ton, but, uh. Uh, you know, definitely got a bunch of ideas we're mulling over at the moment. Um, but we did kind of, uh, come up with like a list of all of our projects that were, you know, either a work in progress or we have stuff laid out or it's just a beat Mm -hmm. or whatever. And, um, you know, kind of wrote it all out. And I mean, yeah, we've got enough material now that. Um, I kind of have ideas for my next album. Um, I don't know how many songs, what it's gonna be called, or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. Nothing concrete like that. But um, no, we uh, <clears throat> we definitely have a lot in the works. Um, and actually, there's a song that we currently are in the middle of working on. Um, that I'm trying to get another uh, local artist. Uh, who gaze, goes by the name of C-Rob. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Uh, no, uh, I'm not familiar. <clears throat> but uh, he's a really, really talented local artist. Um, and I'm actually trying to get on this track with him um, just because a while ago, um, back when I saw him more at uh, you know, J-Rass's studio, um, we had plans to put a song together, and that kind of fell through. Mm-hmm. And as it usually does <laughs> <laughs> but um so yeah i mean we definitely have a lot of stuff that we want to release a lot of stuff that we want to do um we just haven't had the opportunity and time to try and make it happen yeah well you know especially now it's like so hard to collab yeah you know, it's it's like you know even doing this podcast and so hard to, like i've discovered how hard it is to like get people's schedules like hey i'm only free this day i I work like (laughs) nine hours that day bro you have to get back to me another day sure sure. um i i think we're getting up to a point about a break here but i did want to ask you one thing before we do that um you you brought your notebook do you have that with you yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um this motherfucker he's like eminem over here with this notebook (laughs) he's got how long have you how long have you been uh writing in all this uh so how far back this is i guess that's a pre uh precursor question this i guess Uh, like when did you start rapping or doing this kind of stuff um it was it would have been kind of uh going back to um when i met jordan um back in 2013 uh well and just to kind of cap that whole little story off uh after that session um right before we were all about to go uh, he said hey if you know anybody who's interested in making music or wants to link up or wants to do something, um, you know, just give me your phone number or let them know about me or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that was my instant where I was like, this is it. And in that moment, I was like, hey, man, this shit's awesome. You seem like a cool fucking guy. You know, we seem like maybe we're kind of on the same page here. We should get together and make some music or, you know, whatever. Hell yeah. So that's kind of how that began. 
Okay, um, so you so you didn't re- you didn't even really like fuck with rapping or writing lyrics until that point? Oh, uh, I didn't write lyrics or anything down. Um, I'd say my earliest start of like rapping and messing around uh, would be memories of um, my buddies and I freestyling. Ah, uh, that would a- be the earliest memories of just like you know going to YouTube, pulling up an instrumental, and we all just take turns. Hell yeah. You know, that, that sounds was, fun as fuck. Yeah, it was awesome. It was the <laughs> shit. So, you know, before all that, you know, that freestyling and stuff was all kind of just a precursor. And then I met Jordan and kind of from there, I was like, I got to start writing this shit down, man. Damn. Like I got to, you know, I got to start, you know, doing something with this. So, yeah, I mean, I'd say like this is my original notebook. The first yeah, we notebook. got the main camera right here. So make sure to. <clears throat> this like looks super raggedy and shitty. <laughs> But this is my first notebook, first one I ever wrote. Um, Sorry, do you mind? I no, no, go for it, man. Um, um, but yeah, you can just see, like, I, I'm telling you, this motherfucker's Eminem. He has so much shit. My and God. my very shitty handwriting. Um, <laughs> this was my second notebook. Um, kind of once again, kind of filled this bad boy up. Um, had a lot of fun uh, filling this notebook up. Um, Hell yeah! Fuck. And this one uh, was kind of has like holds my uh, my first album lyrics for the most part. Ah, uh, that okay. Kind of stuff. All um, right. The first one kind of has like my mixtape stuff, and uh, they both kind of have a lot of verses and uh, material that I haven't even used yet. Um, and then nope. uh, my newest one that I have started. Don't have too many pages yet, but uh, I'm having a lot of fun. So, yeah, man. Uh, it's yeah. Just, it's a thing that uh, I don't think I'll ever give up, you know. That's Even awesome. If I'm not making music, you know. Yeah. Um, well, have you? Would you say you've done your like writing like more or less since this coronavirus has hit? Um, I mean, honestly. Well, uh, you're pretty much working. I, I mean, we're gonna get into this later, but you're pretty much working the same amount, right? Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, this hasn't it, like it's kind of the same with me. Like, sure. not a lot. I, some things have changed, but like in terms of work and yeah, time, it hasn't it really changed. Hasn't affected too much, but yeah, I'd say um, even with everything that's been going on, I've definitely been writing more. That's good, um, man. You know, trying to stay, you know, stay with it, um, and still practicing like freestyling and trying to stay on my toes. Um, yeah, you know, because I those are abilities that I feel like you know if I just keep honing them. Yeah, well, and you don't want to like lose it either. No, you know no. that's the thing. You gotta keep on top of your craft, right? Um, so like what like what goes into your writing? Um, oh, uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, like, what's so, your process and all that? You know? Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> my process is very different, at least from I would assume most people I know. Um, I always feel the uh, the need to like constantly have a beat on. So, mm. um, you know, really I kind of stick to that same, um, you know, kind of way that I always freestyle with my buddies. You know, I, I go to YouTube and I kind of just will try and find like a random beat or, you know, it could even be a beat from some artist that I really like. Yeah. You know, the, you know <clears throat> I, not like I'm a freestyle 
um, expert by any means. Sure. I, it's not my freestyle or my strong suit at all. But like when I do it, you almost get a little more inspiration when you do a beat that you know, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, because, you know, you, you think back to that original song and it kind of like hypes you up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, so I put a beat on and then um, I don't, I don't just like write from like beginning to end so i won't like actually write a full song when i sit down and write Mm -hmm. i know some people can just sit down without any music any sound and just write a song um i've done it before it doesn't really yeah no you have your method right doesn't flesh well with me so um yeah you know i throw a beat on and you know i i kind of get into a mode you know and then from there uh yeah i'll just like i'll write a verse or uh i'll write a couple verses or something and then um you know i'll go to a beat with a completely different sound a completely different flow and uh i may get like a verse or two out of that and then um i'll kind of every once in a while i'll pick a beat that i can um write choruses to or different beats i can write choruses to Mm -hmm. and then i'll kind of write choruses and so then from there uh you know uh we'll be working together at the studio we'll have a beat going or something that we're currently working on and i'll kind of refer to my notebooks i see what you're saying and i kind of piece together a song with similar but different themes with these verses no i like i could pick up what you're saying because like there are a lot of times where I've written something that I'm like, I okay, I hear this beat that I know this in my mind would go really well to it. I'm not gonna be like narcissist for me personally, I'm not gonna be narcissistic enough to like put this over this beat. Sure. But if I come across a beat that I'm working on or that another beat that is like this, kinda you could, you know, make it click. Sure. In theory. Sure. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, you know, I don't you know, it's not like I just have this song idea and I just write this song. Um, it's kind of steps for me. I kind of have to, I have to put it together and I have to kind of make it work and, uh, you know, may have to shift pieces and stuff around. But, uh, no, I, uh, I, I don't know. I I find it challenging, but really fun to kind of go about it that way. Um, you know, I don't just want to go top to bottom. I kind of want to, you know, figure out the middle and work my way. So that's kind of how I go about my writing. Well, hey, that's really cool, man. Um, I think that's a great place to take a break. Um, This has been great content. Um, Stay tuned. We got a lot more coming up. It's going to be a good episode coming up. So, yeah. All right. See you guys in a bit. All right, everybody. And we are back with Ames. (laughs) Um, Chilling here. Uh, So we've had great discussions so far. I think we've gotten into a lot of shit. It's been a hell of a time. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> so uh, we kind of went into this a little bit that first half. Um, you're still working the food service. You're, I mean, do you care if I mention where you work or anything That's like fine. that? So you work at Jimmy John's. You're an assistant manager, from what I understand. Yep. And um, you're still. It seems like you're still working the regular amount. Yep. Not really a lot has changed for you working. No. Um, but I am curious. I, I don't work in food service anymore, but I did for a, you know a significant number of years, and I'm kind of curious on the inside like uh opinion from the inside how that is operating right now sure um actually uh at the beginning it was like really weird just because you know like closing our lobby 
Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> you know, obviously taking the cleanliness precautions very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, still do, but, you know, definitely. But right at the f- beginning of it, I can imagine it was just sure. like a nightmare. Well, and, I mean, for the most part, um, at least from my personal experience and the people that I've worked with, <clears throat> we've always done a really good job of um, keeping the stores that I've worked at very clean. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I have worked at stores that didn't necessarily follow that same conduct. That That's corporate. I mean, that you just know, from A to B. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, honestly, uh, really, aside from, you know, the hour change um, and kind of the less contact, um, not too much has changed. I mean, hmm. you know, I'm still um, following out the same activities, you know, that I've been doing. Um, but uh, it's... It's definitely, it's been different. Um, And getting out of work at, you know, two hours before I normally would has been really nice. You know, I'm still working the same kind of amount of hours, but it's had to, like, adjust Mm -hmm. based on, um, you know, everything that's, like, going on. So when do you, like, what time do you close in generally? So, um... Some stores, it's different. Um, my store in particular, we close at 7 now okay. as opposed to 10. So mm. 10 to 7 every day as opposed to 10 to 10. Um, so it just means, you know, going in earlier. Um, but getting to leave earlier is... That's got to be nice as fuck. Oh, it's yeah. been super nice, man. I mean, and um, yeah, one of my coworkers keeps reminding me that, you know, when this is all over... Uh, and things go back to normal. Going back to that regular close time is gonna suck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really gonna be is. rough, man. It's there, gonna be an adjustment for sure. There's some pros and cons <clears throat> of this whole coronavirus for sure. Um, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but I am curious, like, how has your like has your business like increased, in, uh, decreased? I know, like, Jimmy Johnson in particular is kind of in a unique situation as they already kind of had that freaky fast delivery sure. thing in place sure so unlike you know maybe mcdonald's or other places that had to like set that whole grit hub to try yeah. to compete you guys already kind of had that in place so i guess i'm kind of curious how um your business uh, was in terms of that well so uh uh one of the locations not too far from my location mm-hmm. actually uh is one of the stores that closed so we kind of inherited all their business and their entire delivery area oh wow so we have not only our business in our area, but now we've got another stores. So, um, honestly, for us, business has been pretty good. Um, wow. That other store's area and business has helped us a lot. So, um, no, I mean, honestly, sales-wise, like, we're doing pretty good. Damn. Um, you know, so that's, that's the other thing. Yeah, well, that's kind of the thing I always <laughs> have to think about, you know, uh, you know, there is a lot of economic strife, but someone's profiting off this. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> somebody has to be. There's somebody yeah. always is, you know. Yeah. Um, but like, I guess if this is too personal for your job, just let me know. But like, um, like, has your employee rate gone down? Like, are less people working? Would you say, or more, or what? What would you say? I guess if business is up, you probably wouldn't. Less people wouldn't be working. I wouldn't think. But um, uh, I guess I'd say we do still have the same amount of people that we've had but mm-hmm. unfortunately yeah you know hours cut back hours cut back a little bit um 
you know, we've been trying to make sure that we're, you know, compensating everyone equally and trying yeah. to give everyone the fair chance to get hours, you know, to to get the time they need um, that's financially affordable for them, you know? Yeah, I mean? exactly. So um, that's been a bit of a challenge, I guess I'd say during this is, is trying to make sure that everyone's taken care of. Yeah. Um, I can imagine that's very challenging. <clears throat> um, but, it's challenging um, for a lot of people. Yeah. But really, uh, you know... It's it's been nice because we really haven't had anybody uh, leave on us. Uh, That's just good. Cool, you know? That's really good. Yeah, it's, yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest, you, I mean, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but you kind of to be an idiot to like leave your job right now. You know, <laughs> I yeah, mean, man. even if, like even if it was like the worst job ever. I mean, come right. on, man. Like you gotta stick it out. Yeah, me. man. I mean, a little bit. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, I definitely have not been complaining this whole time. You know, I'm. Yeah. I'm just glad that I can still support myself financially that i'm still doing okay during times that other people are suffering um that's really sad yeah um, well i'm not trying to put you on a pedestal at all like or no, make you no but you know what you are kind of in a unique uh you know beneficial situation as to oh, where yeah. you are a system manager you do have the opportunity to like keep your hours and sure well sure. I, I mean are you salary yeah or, i'm sorry so i mean i guess it doesn't really matter but you know you're still like no, it's like I said. Nothing. Well, nothing has really changed for no, you in terms of no. like your daily life. <clears throat> sure, like sure, like your daily weekly, yeah, schedule. No, definitely not at all. No, I'm I'm very grateful <clears throat> that I am still able to. And I don't know. I mean, I'm sure some people are enjoying not having to go anywhere, like <laughs> staying in one place. But I like that. But also, even with everything going on, it's still nice to get out and about. Exactly. <clears throat> and see, see people. Well, you know, man, even the people that enjoy it, eventually they're going to snap, too. Oh, I yeah. Mean, if you if you were to do it long enough, I mean, it's just nature, human nature, I think. Even yeah, the most definitely. introverted people, they need some sort of human, in, you know. Interaction, yeah, it's yeah. important. There man. are very few people that I think could, like, live the nomadic cave life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like, yeah. I'm not going to fucking, I'm not going to fuck with anyone forever. <laughs> I'm going to do everything You're myself. You're all dead to me. No, yeah, I can't. I've never. <laughs> I don't think people would do that. Um, so like another thing I kind of wanted to uh, get into, um, we kind of talked about whether you're okay at this before the show. Um, something I thought you, that I thought was really interesting. I don't, you're not involved with this anymore, so I kind of feel, I feel comfortable talking about it if you're okay with it. <laughs> yeah. How we how we know each other. Yeah, I yeah, suppose. definitely. Yeah. Um, used to sell me wheat. Um, yeah. Quite a bit. Yeah. So uh, we. We don't need to mention their names, but mutual friends that I had known through high school. We knew each other. Um, and I knew at the time when I was buying from you, you were like on your second, um, like your second strike or whatever. Yeah. And you, you eventually hit your third. Yeah. Um, and you eventually stopped dealing um, as to why I feel comfortable mentioning this, because this man is not doing this. I, <laughs> I swear I'm not buying any power from this man. It's not, it's not happening. Um, but why don't you get it? I, your last arrest especially i want you if you don't mind i would like you to kind of incite i think it's a very interesting series of events as to what happened yeah um well so yeah um mentioning uh yeah going back um to i mean really yeah kind of like where it started uh it all started um yeah getting to that second strike um that was actually when um i was in college and uh that that one definitely hit me pretty deep um and it 
at first I kind of thought like it uh it kind of threw threw me off course. Yeah. But um in the end I, I kind of think um and it ended up kind of bringing me here. Um So yeah, at the, in the moment, the time, uh it was really shitty, it sucked. But I feel like I learned a lot about myself, what I'm capable of and um you know, like just perseverance, man, like yeah. You know, you make making a fucking mistake and then uh, having to fix it, you know, and um, you know is is nice because I uh, even during those times of turmoil, I've always had support from my family and my friends and stuff. Um, but you know that um, that time the second strike brought me back home, um, where I kind of had to um, you know just in a sense, man, get my shit together. So. Uh, you know, I came back to my mom's house and I was like, all right, I got to, you know, I got to basically work off this debt I've accumulated now from this second strike. Um, so then, you know, basically for like three years straight, um, I was at my mom's house and really all I did was, you know, pretty much um, go to work, maybe hang out with a couple people here, here and there. Yeah. And, you know, kind of just like work on some music stuff you know yeah, it's kind exactly. of stuff that i was doing to like kind of cope and deal with my situation um not like i'm like i was really depressed or anything but mm-hmm. you know i was just kind of feeling down on my luck well yeah i mean after i mean personally i've never been in any legal trouble like that but i can imagine like after having go through gone through that and you know yeah however headstrong you are about that or however much you might not care that's gotta affect you somehow sure you know but you know so you know, I did my thing. I stayed focused, um, and luckily, after that three years, um, I was able to save up a shit ton of money. You know, I got a new car, moved out of my mom's house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of moved up in work. Was doing a lot better. Um, so, in a sense, you know, I was successful. I got my shit together. I got out of trouble. Um, you know, I dotted my eyes. I crossed my t's. Was doing everything right. You know. Yeah. And then. I don't know. I think I kind of reached like a point where I got a little too comfortable again. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the big problem you know? with like anything. Right. You know, talking about you know going back to smoking, what we were just talking about. You know, right, you get comfortable. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, I kind of got back into you know old habits, even though old habits die hard. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I got back into old habits, and that's the thing is you know is uh, one of the things I always tried to stick to was never having anything on me and uh so let's see yeah this third time would have been i think uh i want to say three years three years ago no no i think it was i want to say it was when i quit smoking actually really yeah so um Hmm. sorry i don't mean to derail you but do you think there was a correlation a little bit yeah definitely um because I think, and I think it was pretty close to like right after it happened. Wow. I think like, like days even, you know, I, uh, I was like sitting on my couch and I pulled my pack out and I went outside, you know, in front of my house, mm-hmm. grabbed a cigarette out, lit it, took a couple puffs. And then, I don't know, I kind of, I kind of thought to myself like, this like 
nothing like this cigarette isn't going to make me feel better about the yeah. situation I'm in. Like I kind of I kind of realized that like those small little problems that cigarettes may have helped me get through, like that shit wasn't going to make me feel any better about the shit I was in now. Yeah, and you're not solving the problem, you're just putting it off. It's all you're doing. Right. And now it's like not only that, but why would I keep spending money when now I've got this legal shit that once again I'm going to have to get myself out of um, because I did this to myself, brought this on myself. So going back to um, you know trying to stick to that uh, you know nothing on me rule. Yeah. You know I was comfortable, man, and you know the thought that really you know kind of fucks people up a lot of times in situations like this is uh, one more time. The thought of one more time itself, you know, it's inevitably there, you know, that one time is your last time. Yep. So, um, yeah, you know, just one thing led to another and eventually there I was again making the same mistake, carrying shit on me again. And this one night in particular, I remember I got off work. And I think I, I think maybe I went to the bar or something. I had like literally like a beer. Yeah. Um, I talked to my producer um, and Jay Rass was like, hey, man, you want to come over? We can work on some stuff. So I was like, OK, cool. You know, I'm feeling good. Had a beer. I'm going to get the hell out of here. I'm going to go yeah. go to the gas station. I'm going to get me some beer. You know, I got something on me. I'm going to cruise over there and we're going to work on something. So, of course, I'm like a block or two away from his house and it was like right after I turned, you know, it's right when I got popped. So really, I mean, it was kind of in that moment that I was like, damn, like I should have known this was coming. You know what I mean? Like here I am, everything was cool. You know, I'm comfortable. I was waiting for it. Yeah. You know, and it snuck up on me, man. Like I could have called it, but I just I knew something something, you know, was going to happen. So, yeah, basically, I mean, from there, kind of like long story short, um Yeah, like what's the series of events like interacting with the, the police officer? Well, so um as I said, I'm like completely sober, you know. Um I am of legal age to have beer at the time, so I've got beer on me. Um, you know, comes up, asks me for my stuff, and it was a little scary just because um, it was probably like eleven thirty, maybe like a, like after after eleven, um, and you know, so obviously, like even though I'm sober, I'm good. You know, I'm totally nervous. You know, and it's not like there's a smell or anything, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, uh, kind of asked for me, asked me for my information. And the reason I was kind of freaked out is cause, um, I kind of keep a folder in my car, uh, with my information. Oh, and it, I keep all my stuff together. I forgot about that. That's right. So like, and I always keep it like in a, the crevice, you know, right next to my seat. So like when he asked me for my stuff, I like, you know, slowly like went to grab it and he kind of was like freaked out, you know? Yeah. Like he was ready to draw or something. And I just said, Hey man, I'm just reaching for the information you asked for. 
I'm just complying. Um, if it's okay with you, I don't have anything, you know, weapons or anything, man. Like, I'm just going to reach for my folder because this is where I keep everything. So I grab it. I give him my stuff. And so then I'm sitting there and kind of just like, not sure what's going to happen. I'm going to let this play up, you know, play out and pull the cigarette because, you know, this is obviously before all this, pull the cigarette out, got the cigarette in my mouth. And then as I'm sitting there waiting, I see another cop pulling past me. And I was like, okay, so now it's turned into a situation. Yeah, 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 I get you know, that. Now something, something obviously is up now. So eventually the other cop shows up and, uh, you know, he comes back to my car, has me get out. And basically the whole ordeal was I didn't have any license plate lights on my car and my car didn't come with any bulbs. So the whole thing was, that's why he pulled me over. Yeah. So I get out, follow him back, explains I need to get bulbs in. Um, and I happen to have uh, expired insurance cards with me, but I did actually have um, correct cards. They just were at home. No, well, that's the thing, because I've been in that situation situation before, too. Usually, you can still type in the number, and it's all good. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think just, like, at that moment, he kind of was just, like, getting ready to pile it on. So, he just, yeah, you know, no. another he, thing he wanted to throw at me, you know. So, I think the point, I, I mean, we're getting to this, but the point I'm trying to make is that he obviously had a predisposition that there was trouble and that he acted a certain way to you. Right. Probably based um, on, you know, race. Right. Well, and, uh, you know, I mean... There I am sitting there, you know, I don't have a hat on, so I got my dreads everywhere. And yeah, you know, like that was definitely the feeling I got that he was profiling me. Yeah. So then from there, you know, everything's cool. Okay, cool. So he gives me my, you know, papers on my stuff back. And as I'm walking back, he says, you know, tells me I'm free to go. So I'm walking back to my car and that's when he poses me the question with, uh, um, you know, Hey man, uh, there's been a series of break-ins and you know stolen contraband and weapons, you know, in the area. Totally bullshitting me. Yeah. And you know, uh, it's kind of like baiting me. And it's like, so you know, if it's okay, can we search your vehicle? And I, you know, like I said, man, I'm not, you know, I don't carry weapons on me. I don't, you know, I don't really mess with shit like that, guns and knives and stuff. It's not my thing. Yeah. So, you know, for me, like. Just even hearing that question, like, I'm not that type of person. So that totally, like, threw me off. And I don't know. Um, most people still think I'm an idiot for <laughs> consenting to the search. Now, I wouldn't say idiot. That's that's harsh. Um, would I have let him know? But sure, it, sure. It's, uh, it is understandable, I think. You know, it, what year was – when did that happen, you say? That would have been 2017. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's obviously always been the case, but I think like you know with Trump that year especially was really raw with sure. all that race related stuff. Yeah. So it you know are you an idiot? No, it's completely understandable. And like I remember when we talked about that this first time, I kind of said that I was like you know maybe I didn't say an idiot, but I kind of maybe referenced that. But yeah. I did think about it. I was like yeah. you know would would I have probably done the same? Yeah. I mean, is it better to go to jail because of some pot or to be shot. Well, and you know, you know, that's the other thing too, is a, you know, I'd already told him where I was going. So, um, really worst case scenario, 
he knows where I'm going. Yeah. Now he's gonna, you know, now he's gonna be on the lookout for me later. And if I'm going here to go smoke and have some beers, now he's got potential to pop me for more than just one thing, you know. So, um, and I don't know, you know, kind of in that moment, even though I have my freedoms and I have the, um, you know, the freedom to say no, I kind of felt like in that moment I didn't. And maybe like, I don't know, he kind of, it's, it almost felt like he kind of took it away from me Yeah. in that second. I can understand. That's, uh, that's shitty shit or <laughs> shitty. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay. So fast forward. You so you get, you get busted with. The, uh, I assume he get busted with the pot. Um, what what happens after that? This is. I think this is kind of where it gets interesting. Where it gets into the whole legal so, ramifications of it. Basically, um, you know, I go through my series of um, you know like court attendance. I'm know. sorry. By the way, I mean this happened in Waukee, correct? No, actually, uh, this happened in. Uh, over by Valley High School. Oh, so West Des Moines. West Des Moines area. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. No, you're good. Um, it is, and that is important to clarify. As well. <laughs> um, but uh, no, so you know, I go and uh, you know, I'm attending all my core dates. Everything's you know going the way it's supposed to, and eventually, um, I got assigned a. Uh, public defender and she was actually like super cool um this really sweet uh just beautiful woman um it actually saved my ass Uh, a rarity for public defense i know i know (laughs) so uh yeah you know actually the first time i met her uh she uh she pulled me aside and uh you know basically told me she'd read the case um just did a bunch of research and in her words basically said that she was going to fight the shit out of this for me so and hearing that you know alone even if you know maybe i wasn't going to win like still made me feel better you know yeah sense of security that's better reinformation than just feeling like you're like all right you're another number in the system or whatever it felt like she cared yeah you know and she did you know i mean i truly felt like i mattered you know, and, and see, that's the mistake that a lot of people make when they do get in trouble and they do, you know, go to court and stuff like that is they go wearing their fucking, you know, old high school, you know, jersey and a hoodie and jeans and expect, you know, anybody to <laughs> yeah, right. take them seriously. <laughs> They're not trying to be OJ or anything. Right. <laughs> so, you know, that's the other thing is when I did go court every single time i basically went you know i i bought slacks i got a nice shirt a tie everything man and it's not like i was putting on you know like a face or anything no i don't think know? that i don't think that's the case like okay my father being a judge for instance like i think like he would appreciate that sure sure personally like someone like putting the fourth effort like hey, right i fucked up i'm really like you know trying to like Fix it. Fix it. Exactly. Oh, and you know why? You know why do they? Why would they want to help you if you can't even come in here and you know show them the respect yeah. or whatever? You know, at least by trying to like look the part. So how much? If you don't mind me asking, how much jail time did you do for that? Actually, no, none. 
Really? I just the only time I spent was well, the did night you, so that I got arrested. okay. So you did it overnight for that? Yeah, just and the overnight. That, that was it. That was it. Damn. And actually, to go back to that night and thinking back to uh, feeling profiled when I eventually was on my way back to the station, I remember he asked me, uh, "So, do you do anything besides work at Jimmy John's?" You know, because I had my uniform on he told me that's right yeah Yeah. continue sorry and he said you're good and he's and uh, i was like yeah man uh actually i like to make music just like on the side and yeah his response immediately was oh you make rap music it's like wow wow like uh tyler creator said something about that at the grammys uh he was like every time a a black guy makes music they just put it under the urban hip-hop yeah yeah it's fucking true man like there's a, it's that stereotype i mean shit man like you don't know like maybe i fucking make opera music or yeah something. you're like a world-class violinist you know yeah you know <laughs> you're so quick to jump to that like that's your first go-to yeah that made me feel pretty shitty like sitting in his car like i was like wow see because here's the difference um like for me personally i'm kind of an asshole so you know if i were to like if somebody were to say that to me and I would have that stereotypical response, I would still like keep it in my head. Yeah. You know what I definitely. mean? Y- you have to really be the asshole to be the person to like actually, you know, right. Right. Say it. There's yeah. always, I think there's always something that clicks in somebody's head that like, sure. American stereotype booklet that we've been given. since right. Like, <laughs> you well, know what I mean, I mean, you know, it's one thing to think it, it's another to say it. Exactly. Exactly. There's a line. So, but, but anyway, um, so anyways, uh, you're, you're in, this is where I think it really gets interesting. You're in court, so you did the you did the overnight. You come back to court. Um, go from there. What happens from there? Oh, so basically, um, yeah, the day that I went there um, was like my final time. Um, I went there. I met up with my lawyer. She was super, you know, raring to go, ready to fight this shit. Um, and it was super nerve wracking going in that room, and you know, all these prosecutors and shit are just surrounding you. Um, but no, basically, uh, the cop that also arrested me was there as well. And my biggest thing is, you know, I don't hate the guy, you know, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't wish the guy harm. Um, my only thing that I want him to take away from the situation is that you can't treat people like that. You know, like just because of the way someone looks doesn't mean that they're second class citizens. Like that's, that's dog shit, man. Like, yeah. You know, and I do want to mention this, you know, obviously my white ass, you know, I've been kind of towing around this whole time, but you know, that is true. It is what, or it's like really insightful that you're able to say that they're true. able to like, you know, cause there are people that would take that position that, you know, fuck the police, you yeah. know, which is yeah, obvious. Yeah, sure. I'm not saying that that's not irrelevant, but you know, right. it's really insightful for you to be able to take, you know, after all the bullshit that guy put you through to be able to take away from that, you know what? I don't wish him any harm. I just wish he learns from this. Like, sure. That's yeah. That's great. That's my man. big takeaway, man. You know, is yeah. I'm you know I'm not a fucking cold-hearted person. You know, I have obviously like everyone else, I have my moments. But in that moment, seeing him again in the courtroom, um, yeah. You know, it wasn't like I was, you know, mean mugging him or anything. Uh, yeah. I was yeah. just there to like, you know, like. Yeah, I want to go to jail. <laughs> yeah, man, like, like what what I did wasn't that bad, 
you know, and I'm not a bad person. I'm not a bad guy. You know, I'm just trying to, you know, I'm here to like, you know, keep you guys from kind of shitting on my name, man. Um, but basically, uh, so yeah, my public defender, I mean, I can't really give you the like the legal details. Give it to us in your best words. But basically, I did get to see the body cam footage. That's right. Um, You did mention that. That was really interesting. And um, it kind of kind of boiled down to um, like a certain code. um, Basically stating that um, you can't keep a citizen past a certain time. So, oh, um, that's interesting. Yeah, so it it kind of boiled um, down to the fact that the second he told me I was free to go, um, he infringed on my rights by oh, that, trying that's to open a good point. another investigation. Um, because that's like a that's a thing. Like if you're in a stop with the cop and like let's say you have weed in your trunk, sure, and because they need a warrant. If the trunk is outside like the actual interior of the car, they need a warrant for that. Right. Um. So what you can do is like you are constantly asking, "Am I being held against my will?" Sure. And they have to answer truthfully, and if they don't, they, you can fuck them for that later. Yeah. You know. So it's like, no, we like you know, just like hang out. We want like, to get canine unit. It's like, no, am I intoxicated? Am I doing anything wrong? Sure. Or are you just sure. like on a wild goose? Like, am yeah. I being held against my will? Yeah. No. Fuck you. I'm out of here. Right. You know. Yeah. But there's something to be said. Whereas like. Again, my white ass. I might be more confident to do something like that yeah. versus you. I completely acknowledge that and understand it. I, re- sure. I guess what I'm trying to take away and say from this is like, I really hope that we, uh, <laughs> I really hope that everybody could be on the same plateau. Oh, yeah. Where, that, where you can know your rights as a citizen and be able to take full advantage of them despite whatever the color of your skin or your yeah. ethnicity or anything. Exactly. Is. No, that's, that's very well put. Um, and yeah, basically. You know, I'm kind of sitting there listening to all this legal mumbo jumbo, basically. Um, and it it felt like it was moving slow, but I mean, literally everything happened so fast. And I mean, my public defender basically did all the talking. She was like, "You don't have to do any talking. I'll take care yeah, of everything for you. Just basically sit there and like." You know, do your thing, man. Just be you. Um, and yeah, it kind of was like just like a total like blink of the eye. And then she was just like, so what'd you think? And I kind of was just like, frankly, I, you know, I'm kind of lost. I don't really understand what just happened. And she's like, well, we won your case. And I was like, whoa, we won. It's it's over. And she's like, yeah, this is it. I mean, you know, like you're done. Yeah, like you're off, like. You yeah. don't have to do anything. And I mean, you know, me, you know, like, you know, being in trouble multiple times, it's, you know, it's like, okay, you know, what's, what do I have to pay for? You know, do I have to talk to somebody? And for the first time, you know, getting in trouble and actually hearing someone say to me, like, that's it. No, like it's waived, no fees, no charges. Um, you're free to go. Like, Hearing those things and being able to walk out of that courtroom, I don't know, you know, like kind of with my my head held high, you know, 
Um, cause you know, I'm not, I'm not a criminal, you know? No, we're not no. criminals for this shit. No, it's a smoking pot. No, yeah, it's man, not it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Bullshit. So to be able to walk out of there with nothing, um, holding me back anymore, um, and having learned all these new things and having grown like even more, I mean, quite literally clean slate, I would say like that feeling, uh, you know, it was just fucking mind blowing. Um, cause once again, like now I have the freedom to be me and like do what I want to do, you know, cause yeah. when you're on probation, you have to deal with all that little, uh, you know, kind of bureaucratic bullshit. Like, you know, they tell you like, Oh, you can leave the state, but you have to get permission. And it's like, man, I shouldn't have to get permission to, to do things like that. You know, if I just yeah. want to go on some trip to Kansas city, I can't even fucking leave without Shit having sucks, someone man. tell me I can like, yeah, all that, all that stuff really sucks. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, good for you. Uh, uh, I do, I do have one question though. Like, how, do you know how much, how much time you're facing in the show? Uh, uh, I think, because I mean, I'm just curious with the charge. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly what you're. Well, and I know it was here. like, um, it was like uh, lose your license for 180 days. Yeah, that's, um, that's standard. I think my fine was probably like pretty hefty i'd say is probably like anywhere between oh so were you not even looking at jail time it was just gonna be a huge um th- i think because <sighs> i felt like third time you got two i was years. gonna say it was a li- it was a list of stuff um jail i just time's know probably like included in that, i, I was reading through it like yeah i'm definitely not gonna take this plea like this is bullshit plea yeah like total horseshit so yeah there was definitely jail time um i think it was i don't think it was too bad though because i didn't you know, it's not like I had like any crazy amount on yeah. me. Um, but it was probably like three to six months or something, maybe. No, uh great fucking story, man. I'm really glad we get into it. Um for me at least, I think two things you take away from that are uh know your rights. <laughs> um yeah. use those to your full advantage if you right. can. Um I forget the second one, but <laughs> <laughs> good shit, man. It's a good story. Um Yeah, it's crazy, so- man. It's been a great episode. We're kind of getting to the end, grooving, wrapping up. It's been fucking fun, man. Um, I do want to ask you. Um, I know we have like common, uh, common interest in uh, Isaiah Rashad. I'm saying that name correctly, right? Uh, uh, Isaiah Rashad. Isaiah Rashad. Come yeah, on. yeah. Um, what are what are some of your other influences that um kind of go into your work, like when you're writing or anything like that, or just music that inspires you in general? Well, I guess I'd have to say uh, one of my first, uh, you know, really critical influences would have to be Kid Cudi. Oh, um, hell yeah. He you was know, the shit. Um, definitely, like, throughout high school, you know, when you have your high school bullshit problems, you know, being a kid and just the, you know, whether it's the shit you have yeah. to take from people. He really school. tapped into that. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, um, Kid Cudi, definitely um, huge influence. And uh, I definitely um, appreciate everything his music has done for me. Um, and I guess, I don't know, I don't necessarily have uh, 
specific people that I've kind of looked to for, you know, all the answers or all the inspiration. Mm -hmm. But um, I feel like a lot of my inspiration definitely comes from uh, the old school shit, you know, Nas. Hell yeah. Biggie, you know. Um, And yeah, a lot of people probably would give me shit for saying this, but... (laughs) Well, it's funny that you say that because when I ask a lot of people I know, they don't. It's not like they don't really reference those. Like, I mean, they do obviously, but they sure. like. I it to me it doesn't strike me as like a direct influence to their work. Whereas, like, I feel like you and me, we spent a lot more time like consciously like taking in yeah older music definitely. But um yeah, I basically was just gonna say I prefer Biggie over Tupac only because. So that goes into my next one, the Go. Okay. So so okay. you're Biggie. Or you um, said, or or well, okay. So, Biggie over Tupac. You said that. I would, I would agree. Sure. So, I guess who's the goat then? If you can even answer that, it's a tough question. Um, the goat. I feel like, um, I feel like the the word the goat is like <laughs> so singular. Yeah, I, I get that because, you know, I feel like it can be. Um, it can mean the greatest of that time or the greatest of this time. Um, so I guess I can't say I have any like goats, but I will say one of my favorite rappers is probably Big L. Um, uh, I, you, you know, I think you actually, the guy that got me into that. And not a lot of people know who Big L is. Um, he's older, right? Yeah. He's, yeah, he's from the nineties. Um, he definitely, he had some very, very dark rap, um, and very, you know, um, interesting things that he talked about. Um, and yeah, he may have talked about, you know, fucked up shit or whatever, but, um, I mean, in reality, you know, if we're talking like skill wise, then I put him up there as like one of the best, um, just because lyrically, um, you know, his flow, um, his punchlines. I mean, um, definitely the definition of a rapper. Um, so, yeah, you know, anybody who has not checked out Big L, if you are, um, you know, a hardcore rap fan, you like old school shit, definitely want to check out. Hell yeah. Uh, I might have to dive back into that because I have not listened to that guy in a minute. But, yeah, he's really good. Uh, I don't remember what the album is. Uh, he has a really good one. The one that the, the one that everybody knows. I feel like the Big L album, the one where he's like stand there. Yeah, uh, I can't think of the name <laughs> of it at the moment. Honestly, um, type in Big L, you'll probably find it. Yeah, I guess is probably the best way to definitely. Um, so I guess um, second last thing before we or stop this here. Um, we can kind of talk. We you know we I think we've already kind of beat weed with a dead horse, but um. <laughs> Uh, what I don't know how again I think you're pretty comfortable talking about all this but um, how how are you with like what do you have any like great experiences with like psychedelics like anything that like like what's your favorite kind of psychedelic have you fucked around with it like um yeah I've uh let's see here there's been some really good memories um I don't know I guess I'd have to say um, I did have a lot of fun doing shrooms. Really? Yeah. Um, actually, 
Yeah, there's a really interesting story. So um, Continue. Uh, a buddy of mine, a uh, really good buddy of mine, Cisco, uh, been my boy for <clears throat> a long time. We don't really talk as much or, uh, you know, really shoot the shit like we used to. Um, but, you know, always going to be my boy. Yeah. Um, we were hanging out at his place. We had just each picked up some shrooms. And uh, basically the plan was just to kind of kick it in his basement, listen to some music, hang out. Um so, you know, we took our shrooms, which, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever had shrooms, but they taste oh, horrible. Fucking terrible. Yeah. Not good. <laughs> I'm not a fan of shrooms personally. Uh, so, but, um, so we managed to get those down. Um, and so then, yeah, we kind of just like hung out and, uh, it was cool. He had this, uh, big ass, like portable speaker that kind of like had like a luggage rolling mm-hmm. type. Oh, there you go. Arm and stuff. And it had a little glass dome on top and a little spinning light. So, you know, we just like hook him an aux cord to someone's phone or his computer. And we just like turn it on, turn the lights off and turn the lights on in the little player. And then, dude, it would just be like fucking light shows like on the ceiling and stuff. And it was. Wow. That's really cool. Really dope. And so we kind of hung out there, did that for a while. And they were like, man, you know, kind of want to smoke. And we like didn't have anything, so we kind of went on this crazy goose chase, uh, you know, kind of driving all around town looking for it. Um, While tripping, yeah, damn. So, <laughs> um, you know, like basically, yeah, we ended up going to this one kid's house, and we got a little something, and then uh, basically, like, long story short. Um, that was actually the same night that I ended up, um, meeting a guy that I ended up buying Bud from for a really long time. Ah, oh, okay. So that, that night is actually how I ended up finding a dealer basically, which was uh, like really crazy. Yeah. And we, (laughs) we actually, oddly enough, we, when we did get to the apartments, uh, you know, we're standing there. You know, rolling outside, you know, the door, waiting to knock. And um, right as I was, like, about to knock, my buddy Cisco was like, wait a minute. Something doesn't feel right. It's like, I feel like we're at the the wrong apartment. And I was like, okay, man, how strong is this feeling? Because we're, like, right here. And he was like, we should go. So we left. Went like one apartment over, and uh, sure enough, he was right. We almost knocked on some random person's door. So, yeah, you know, so that was like a really crazy night and probably one of the most fun times I had um, with shrooms. So that was really fun. Yeah, it was a good time. How much did you take? Do you remember? Uh, I think we both did a bag. Damn. Um, Yeah, when I I, well... We don't need to get into my mushroom history, but uh, it, it it's been iffy to say the best, uh, iffy to not very good. Sure. Um, what about acid? Do you like acid at all? Or uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh very. I do love it. Um, it's very taxing. Um, That's true. And I haven't done it. I haven't done it in years, but uh, I will say, I remember. I do remember very vividly the first time i did it was actually um on july 4th 
Damn. And uh, it was really cool. I was with um, like shit, like seven or eight uh, really good friends of mine. And um, yeah, we ended up uh, kind of walking around a bunch. Like we, we went to the mall and um, at Jordan Creek Mall, have you ever seen like the fountain? Yeah, like I know. And shit. Yeah, like uh, by all the restaurants and all that. I know yeah, what you're talking about. So like we, I remember we. One of the first things we did was walk over there, and we're kind of just like hanging out. Damn, and like nobody stopped you or anything. No, like it was just like a shit ton of us, and like we were all we were just hanging out with like the other people <laughs> that were awesome. just randomly sitting outside. Um, I think we went into the mall because we were all thirsty. We got like drinks at a water fountain, and then we're like, "Yeah, we got to get the fuck out of here." Yeah, right. That would be. That'd be a lot to handle tripping. So, um, yeah. Yeah, we left there. Um, eventually, uh, one of our friends thought it was a good idea to take us to a, um, a July 4th party <laughs> with, like, adults and shit there. And somehow he talked me into rolling a joint <laughs> and trying to enjoy it. And then, like, the homeowner came home. And was like eyeing us. So then, yeah, I mean, I basically was like, well, it's time to go. I'm a dip. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, we were all like, yeah, this was a terrible idea. We shouldn't have come here. Um, Let's just all go hang out back where we we started. And, you know, let's just kind of finish this thing all together as one. And I remember the central theme was uh, the thing that we always talked about when we were tripping was uh, circles, everything coming back. Uh. So... You know, once we got back to um, our buddy's apartment, you know, that was when we bonded again and we were kind of talking about circles and everything. Uh, So it was a lot of fun, man. That was. uh, And yeah, actually, I did get to see fireworks. Oh, there you go. Hell yeah. It was awesome. It was breathtaking. Um, Yeah. Like one of my fondest memories, like when I lived in a small town, South Dakota, is like we would drop acid we'd go out and like look at the stars like three in the morning and you know it's like country so like there's no light pollution and like the entire sky is just crystallized yeah yeah oh man it's great shit man can't imagine um this has been a great fucking episode um we're about to wrap it up here but one more thing i wanted to ask before um i know you kind of talked about a little bit in the beginning about what you're doing with jraz but what can we expect from ames the rapper um in 2020 despite the coronavirus (laughs) Um, I'd say, uh, the plan right now is, uh, a lot. Um, uh, like I said, uh, I've already kind of got ideas for an album. Um, we're working on a couple of tracks now. Uh, hopefully actually, if we can kind of get some things, um, figured out, uh, we want to release a couple singles. Hell yeah. Um, so hopefully we can do that soon. There was uh, supposed to be an EP that j Rass and I were going to put out of us um, together. Um, not sure. Still kind of working the kinks out of that. Yep. So I guess we'll see. Uh, but right now, I can confidently say um, the plan is to hopefully release a lot of music this year. That's awesome, hopefully. man. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, if 
if you guys have not checked out Ames, check was it um, trial or was it called again the album? Oh, uh, album's called Truth Trials and Tribulations. Truth Trials and Tribulations. That's the one that's on Spotify, YouTube, pretty much anywhere, right? Yeah, iTunes, um, Apple Music, everything. Great shit. It's, uh, we listened to two tracks of that already. Uh, really unique um, telling. Great beats. Just two great minds working together. It's good shit. Please, everybody, check it out. Um, and with that, I think we're gonna check out um, both mentally and physically here, maybe a little bit, um, <laughs> and uh, get going. Um, thank you all for tuning in. It's been a great time. Hey, thanks um, for having me on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been. It's like uh, you know, I love giving people this first opportunity to come on. So yeah, it was fun. I'm really glad you're able to do that. Um, I'm not sure who my next guest is. I'm sure it's gonna be great. Oh no, it's Cut and Swerve. Cut and Swerve. He's coming on in so everybody check out that Uh, we're gonna keep everybody tuned in and yeah peace out guys y'all have a good night